Rolex wearing. Woo! Diamond ring wearing. Woo! Kiss stealing. Woo! Wheeling dealing. Woo! Limousine ride. Woo! Jet flying. Woo! Suck of a gun. And I'm having a hard time holding these diamonds down. Give me two claps and a Rick Flair. Tim Livingston. Emotional security is like the blanket that you tuck your soul in. Pete Livingston. You ready for Joe? Joe hey, you ready for you up? <laughs> yeah. That's what I think he's saying. He's like, hey, you're about to sleep with Joe Buck. And Sam. This is our, our candy orchestra. Mm. It's still going. Those are some good pop rocks. Los Livingston Brothers. morning good afternoon good evening good night i don't know when you're listening to this but thank you for listening to this i am peter livingston of los livingston brothers and uh, some of you may be listening in as part of our fantasy football league simply called the dynasty and uh, i'm going to be doing a series of podcasts which talk about the upcoming season and uh, specifically for this one, uh, we're going to be talking about the uh, just just the league in general, and also uh, my thoughts as far as keepers, uh, draft placement, and maybe some other things. And uh, we'll just go from there. So uh, before we get started, again, thanks for listening. Uh, feel free to tell your amigos, your best friends. Your worst friends, your enemies, whatever, I don't care. Uh, Have them give us a listen and uh, spread the word. Uh, My goal, of course, I'm going to be completely unbiased. I may even be shooting myself directly in the crotch because I will be going completely unfiltered as far as what my thoughts are, what I personally will be doing, what I will be gearing myself towards. So who knows? Might be completely dumb, uh, but uh, my, my whole point is to give some people some form of insight as uh, as to help them maybe if i can help a few of you people do fantasy football great if not you can tweet at me about how much you hate me at peter livingston on twitter there you go uh so to get started the dynasty uh, our fantasy football league this is its third year running it is a keeper league for those of you who don't know what a keeper league is, um, you go through a normal draft, just like any other league. Uh, we don't do auction style, uh, just a simple snake snake draft. <clears throat> We've just upped it to 12. We used to do 10. Now we have 12 teams, so it's a little bit more big boyish. And um, you get to keep your players. Now, it comes at a cost. So... Say, for instance, you pick somebody in the fourth round, you have the first right to that player for the next season. Uh, The only setback being that you have to forfeit a draft pick two spots above where that player was drafted. So a fourth rounder, if you would like to keep that fourth round player, say you got Andrew Luck uh, in the fourth round for whatever reason, and it's kind of a no-brainer, going to be keeping that player. Andrew Luck, pretty good. Uh, He will cost you a second-round pick, so he will be your second-round pick. And so that's how it works. Uh, In our league, uh, first and second-rounders go back into the draft, so you do not get to keep them. Of course, we also are able to trade for... uh, uh, for picks, so you can get multiple first-rounders... Uh, first round picks if if, if the the price is right so to speak Uh, but that's essentially how a keeper league works so uh, undrafted free agents that uh, you pick up throughout the year Uh, maybe it was a a second or third string running back that really came into their own and did a amazing job for you and you want to keep them they can count for as low as a 15th round pick so say you have a couple of people that you picked up picked up off the waiver wire maybe they were a few rookies which there were a few of last season 
that you really want to hold on to, you think that they will be good long term, then they will cost you your lowest round picks. So if you don't have multiple 15 round picks stocked up, maybe you did a few trades um, and have a, let's just say you have two uh, free agents that you want to keep for the next season. If you don't have two 15 round picks, then you'll have to give up a 14th and a 15th consecutively just like that. So that's essentially how our Keeper League rules work. I'm sure that other people have different uh, rules. I know some people have it where you can only keep a certain amount of players. Um, but we just have it. You're able to keep whoever you want for as long as you can until they hit that two or the hit beyond that uh, first round threshold. So a little bit more about our league other than being a, a very fun Keeper draft. Um we have, uh, like I said, 12. We went up to 12 teams. Uh, it is head-to-head. -head. We are broken up into now we have, I believe, uh, three divisions, right? The names of these divisions, He-Man, Women's Haters Club, the Bad Sports Puns, and then Roger Goodelliot. A good friend, many years, as long as I can remember, since I was a, a wee lad, Elliot Paisley is the uh, doing the phenomenal job as commissioner, and uh, he is also in the Roger Goodelliot. There you go, bad sports pun right there, Mr. Elliot Paisley. So uh, <laughs> that is pretty much how we're formed. Each league, or excuse me, each division has four teams, right? Uh, four times three is 12. Check the math. Yes. All right. Uh, we have for our roster spots, um, we do single quarterback, three wide receivers, two running backs, a tight end, a flex spot for the wide receiver, running back, tight end, a kicker, and defense. And then we also have five bench positions. We do fractional points. Okay. Uh, we can have negative points very rarely happens but it can happen we have uh, weekly waivers uh, game time through tuesday and it continually rolls and uh yeah as far as our scoring goes a little bit different it's pretty much standard scoring passing yards 25 yards per point passing touchdowns four points so most standard scoring they go for six we went with four, and I'll be talking a little bit a, a little bit about that uh, for strategy as far as keeping quarterbacks, yeah, and uh, and so forth. I think passing touchdowns is very influential uh, with, with scoring. Uh, no bonuses. We don't have any bonuses, which I kind of like. I'm not a big fan of bonuses. I've been in leagues that have had bonuses before. Sometimes it can just be really, really game changing. Uh, and and I and I get the the point that you want to reward amazing performances. But at the same time, it can be it can be a little much sometimes, depending on how gaudy of a bonus you can have. So I like the fact that we don't have bonuses. Rushing yards, pretty standard, 10 yards per point, 6 points for a rushing touchdown. Uh, reception yards, same thing, 10 yards per point. Reception touchdowns, 6 points. Defensive touchdowns, 6 points. 2-point conversions, 2 points. Fumbles lost, negative 2 points. Yada, yada, yada. For kickers, pretty standard. Uh, 0 to 19, 3 points. 10 to 20. Uh, essentially 0 to anything in the 30s is 3 points. Uh, anything from 40 yards, 4 points, 50 yards. Uh, 50 yards plus is 5 points. And then PAT is, is, is single point. Uh, for defense... Uh, pretty standard scoring. Again, sack, one point. Interception, two point. Fumble recovery, two point. Touchdown, six points. Safety, two points. Block kick, two points. Uh, and, you know, any, any return touchdown, any touchdown, special teams otherwise, uh, six points. For a shutout, you get ten points. One to six points allowed, you get seven points. Seven to thirteen, four. Fourteen to twenty-one, and so on and so forth. Uh, the, the worst you can get is if... Uh, you give up 35 or more, you get negative four points. So not the worst, but also not very, very good. So that is the scoring for those of you that even 
give a rat's behind. If not, I apologize. You can uh, never get those two minutes of your life back. So uh, we're actually going to be doing, we have our draft, our live standardized draft. It's going to be on Sunday, the 23rd. That's what we've decided on thus far. Uh, we are all putting in for our keepers on August 2nd. I will be going over uh, my keepers, like I said. I'll also be going through the league team by team, seeing or giving my input anyway as far as who they should keep, who they should get rid of, and why I feel that way. Um, and then uh, live draft time pick, you know, a minute, 30 seconds per pick, not, uh, not too shabby. I kind of think that's the perfect amount. Um, I think two minutes, actually, people may say, oh, it's only 30 seconds, but it can kind of add up. So I do I do like the minute 30. Sometimes a minute, you'd be surprised how fast a minute goes by. Minute 30, um, if something really throws you off in the draft and you're not prepared for it, uh, minute 30, that extra 30 seconds is, is really good. I know if you do a lot of mock drafts, which I've done a few so far, you know, they're really fast. Uh, 30 seconds, sometimes less, I think. Um, so they, they're they pretty rough sometimes. So I, I actually like the minute and 30 seconds. And it, it gives you time to speculate and chat and talk a little crap to each other. So that is how our, our league is. Elliot's been the commissioner for the past three years. Um, he's done a great job. And uh, definitely looking forward to this season. And so uh, one of the things that we're going over right now is actually we're deciding who gets to pick where in our current draft. So the way we do it is uh, the two new teams, uh, the Belching Beavers and Vagina Monologue, excuse me, will get the final two spots at 11 and 12. And then... Going from last to first place, get to choose their spot in the draft. Now, not everybody wants the first pick in the draft. I actually will be gunning for that, and I'll tell you a little bit later. Um, But some people like that second. Some people like third. Third is usually pretty popular, uh, mainly because it's really, really tough to decide uh, every year there seems to be about three elite level running backs that everybody's going to be going for. And some people don't like to decide. They'll just take whoever falls to them. So this year, the big three, uh, Adrian Peterson, uh, who actually is undraftable in our league. That's another thing that we uh, that we decided on. Me personally, I, I kind of care less. Um but he is not selectable because of the fact that he likes to smack kids around with tree branches. Um, uh, but essentially, it's Adrian Peterson, you have um, uh, Jamal Charles, uh, uh, um, let, uh, uh, Le'Veon Bell, and then also you have... Uh, oh, shoot, I'm blanking on his name from the Packers. I'm pretty bad that I cannot remember his name. But anyway, so you have about four. Anyway, it, it, it can be tough. In, in our league, uh, Le'Veon Bell will be kept, so that's why I say three. Adrian Peterson will not be there, so you can get, kind of get him out. In, in place of Adrian Peterson, who I would be sticking in up in that spot, would probably be somebody more along the lines of like, oh, I don't know, uh, probably... You, you could probably say like a Matt Forte. Um, but I would say Eddie Lacy, excuse me. Eddie, Eddie Lacy is definitely going to be up there. So you'll have, uh, as far as I'm concerned, uh, the, the big three is probably going to be like Eddie Lacy, Jamal Charles. Uh, you could probably even say maybe Marshawn Lynch. I'm going personally. I'm, I'm hoping that it opens up and... Uh, Nobody wants it, but I'm hoping for the first overall pick. Now, the reason for that is because last season I actually traded away my second-round pick um, in tandem. Uh, I, ca- I can't remember the trade exactly. I can I can pull it up, but I traded away my second-round pick, and it was with Gronkowski and Gio Bernard and fourth-round picks, and 
I think a six or something like that. Um, so extra draft picks and a running back that I needed it may not be that trade verbatim, uh, but I don't have a second round pick. So what I'm aiming for is uh, that first pick and then the first pick of the third round because I'm going to need that first pick right away. Uh, it's going to be important for me to fill in whatever spot that I can get. So me, what I'm hoping for uh, is that first round spot. I finished in fourth place last season, and so I will not be getting to pick my place in the draft uh, until we get to that fourth to last spot, which is where um, I finally get to choose. So going over the standings for last season, we had in first place Nimbly, Nimbly Bimbly, right? Joe Hardman uh, won, won it all last year. Uh, so he will get the final draft spot, whichever that may be. We do not know at this point in time. Um, the second place finish, our commissioner, Elliot, uh, goes by the name of Nate Silver Siths. The third spot, Fart Apocalypse, Mr. Robin. All right. Uh, fourth being me. Fifth, the MCR Silly Nannies. Maddie, listening from England. I love it. Spread this over to the Brits. Make them like American football. Not that soccer stuff. Uh, far from retiring, came in at six. Uh, the Tea Baggers at seven. And eight, Team Hufflepuff. Nine, Javid's the best. And then ten, my brother, uh, Tim Livingston, the other of the Los Livingston brothers, the Kingslayers. So as far as uh, draft orders concerned, we have only outside of the 11 and uh, 12 apps, or not, not apps, 11 and 12 spots. We've only had two other people choose, and that's a three and four spots have been taken uh, by Tim, and I believe it's Tahir who took the um, the. Th- fourth spot so currently we have three and four taken 11 and 12 uh, I got no or I think it might be to here's pick I can't remember I'll t- double check with Elliot when I uh, when I do uh, another follow-up interview not interview podcast but that's that so what I'm looking at right now is 11 and 12. I don't necessarily mind those spots personally. I like that wraparound picks because I feel like you get to get whatever value. You get to see how the draft is shaping up. If anybody's reaching for any quarterbacks or anything really early, um, it's kind of telling you what's going to be open up to you in your consecutive picks. So if if all the the top-tier running backs are kind of off the board at that point in time, you're kind of looking quarterback uh, and wide receiver, barring uh, Rob Gronkowski, who will be kept by Elliott. Um, so I don't really mind having the 11 and 12 spots. I think last year I drafted in like the 8 spot, and I felt like I did pretty well. Uh, I won the league in terms of uh, a high score. And uh, had a, I felt like I had a pretty good draft. Um, so it's really how you're able to feel where the draft is being steered and how you can navigate that. You know, it, it, it takes you just got to you, you just got to make sure you're paying attention. So, uh, like I said, I want that first spot. Of my brother wants a third spot. I, I think that's fine. Like I said, you take whatever falls to you. Um, and if I, let's see, up next we have, I believe it's Matt will have the next pick. So we'll see what happens with that. Um, it'll it'll be really interesting to see, like I said in, in the follow-up, who will be where once everything's set in stone, and hopefully it'll be sooner than later. 
So let's go ahead and uh, look at the uh, the teams and go on through their keepers and uh, also their their draft picks. So first up, I, I th- we may as well start at the top. Um, we have Nimbly Bimbly, Mr. Joe Hardman. Uh, finished in first place last year. Uh, looking at his roster, we actually talked about this for quite a bit earlier. Actually, today uh, has a lot of people that he is going to be keeping, and rightfully, rightfully so, I would say. Uh, the big one, of course, is Odell Beckham Jr. Um, uh, and also, uh, it looks like uh, he's also going to be having Emmanuel Sanders uh, and C.J. Anderson, Julian Edelman, and Greg Olson. And I think he's going to be keeping uh, Detroit defense just to kind of have that, which I don't think is that bad, to be honest with you. Now, Odell Buckham Jr. is obviously just a home run. Uh, He picked him up, uh, let's see, um, I believe we can go ahead and look at the draft from this last season. Joe picked Odell Beckham Jr. up as a... Uh, I think undrafted, it looks like. So he'll be keeping him as a 15, right? Phenomenal. Uh, Julian Edelman is a big-time keeper. Uh, He'll be a 12th rounder. Uh, So he's uh, picked at the 14. I think that's a good pick. Aaron Rodgers, he had on his team. He'll be gone. Um... Uh, Emmanuel Sanders was a 13th rounder, and uh, he will be an 11th, right? Jordy Nelson was a second-round pick. He will be gone, and uh, I don't think he'll be missing him anyway. C.J. Anderson, undrafted. That'll be, I think, like his uh, his 14th-round pick, okay? Um, so Arian Foster will also be gone. Greg Olson will be his fifth round. Uh, LaShawn McCoy will be gone. Uh, Dwayne Allen will be gone. Oh, Russell Wilson. Excuse me. Russell Wilson will be there uh, as well. So Sammy Watkins. uh, I uh, I would let Sammy Watkins go. What Joe decides to do, it's completely up to him. Julian Edelman, uh, another really late round pick, um, 14th. I think that that is just fine uh, for for a 12th rounder. Wes Welker. Uh, let him go. He was a fifth rounder. Don't want to keep him as a third. Uh, Steven Hoshka of Seattle. Just, I mean, the kicker's a kicker. Let him go. And then Detroit keeping them. So essentially, all those lower rounds are going to be gone. Um, where Joe is really going to be looking is obviously um, he's going to need. A little bit of depth at running back. Okay, my only concern with C.J. Anderson is kind of a low risk, low reward. He co- he costs you nothing because he was undrafted, which is awesome. That's a really good position because in, in Denver it's definitely about the scheme and the, they'll go with the hot hand. That's a blessing and also the curse. The blessing being C.J. Anderson has a hot hand, so there's a very good chance that he could pick up where they left off. The other thing uh, with 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 Denver is the fact that Peyton Manning is not going to be throwing like he used to. They're definitely going to be relieving a little bit off of him, so Peyton Manning people, that's something that you definitely need to be aware of and uh, be wary of. You know, If there's nobody really else that available, you can't be too upset. Uh, but he's he's lost a couple of weapons, and I think they are going to rely rely a little bit more on the run game, and I think that that's perfectly fine. And uh, you know, CJ Anderson, if it doesn't work out for him this year, 
you can you can deal him away for something else or just let him go. Um, and he really will not hurt you at all. You didn't invest anything into him. So that's one of the safest. You're playing with house money uh, right there. So your other running back um, is going to be having – you have to go to the draft for that. If I'm gonna, if I had to guess, Joe's probably gonna get like some weird middle, you know, eight pick in the draft, something like that. Um, and he may not even want to go running back right away. He might, uh, but he might want to, you know, take take a wide receiver. There's gonna be a ton of depth at wide receiver, which is cool. Um, but if there's somebody there at running back, you know, why the heck not? I like Russell Wilson at quarterback um, just because of the fact that touchdowns are worth four points. I think that that's a big, big deal. Um, because of that fact, I think Russell Wilson definitely sneaks up the board a little bit and kind of jumps over a couple people. I think if you're just going by regular standard scoring, he's, I think he's still a top ten quarterback. You have to like that he still has um, his – his receiving core, which is, I think, very undervalued by most people, uh, he doesn't have any legitimate go-to weapon, per se, on that team. But the fact is that they're all really, really good, and they produce. Um, so I think he would be like that 9-10 range in the standard scoring. But I think with the running, I think you kind of move him into you know, that 5-6 overall quarterback range. Um, so I think you already have a top echelon quarterback, so you don't have to dig too much deeper. And I think that you can definitely find somebody a little bit later and uh, be okay with that. Um, the way I would see things going, uh, I I think Emmanuel Sanders is fine. I don't think he's go- he, he well he's not going to do what he did uh, last season. Uh, it's, he's even said it. Uh, like I was saying, they're going to be focused a little bit more on the run. Uh, and so he's going to take a little bit of a hit. He's not going to be getting the same exact numbers that he did last year. Um, and he had some pretty monster numbers. I think he might kind of go back a little bit to like when he was in Pittsburgh. He was fine, but he wasn't the guy. But is still more than capable. And you're not really losing much as a as an eleventh round pick, <clears throat> so I think that's completely okay. Um, but I do think that you need another wide receiver, Odell Beckham. Uh, I mean, he's definitely going to be able to play, right? Uh, but you do have to acknowledge the fact that hamstrings can be a big deal, and so I'm not saying oh you got to be poop in the bed right now because Odell Beckham with the hamstring issue, yada, yada, yada. But it's just something to be aware of. And you don't want to be too reliant on that. I think Julian Edelman's also fine. My problem with Julian Edelman is that for the first four games, and I completely forgot about it until Joe and I were talking uh, earlier today, was the fact that they are going. he is going to be without his security blanket which is tom brady now what people would would like to say is well whoever comes in is just going to target gronk and edelman because those are those are their most prolific weapons on offense well you'd like to think that but the problem is just like how tom brady can lash out at other people on his offense for not being on his level on his same page the same thing can be said about julian edelman julian edelman became that guy with tom brady because of the fact that he was such a fierce competitor and worked so hard to get on the same page as tom brady that's when tom brady and him really started clicking now he's going to be having somebody else i'm sure they're working and, and and i don't think it'll be like a huge dip but you do have to be a little a little bit worried that once they get into a game and the speed of things really accelerate, is Julian Edelman and whoever this quarterback is, I'm not even sure who it's going to be in replace of Tom Brady, are they going to be able to click for those f- f- first four games? You're hoping so. You've seen you saw it um, 
uh, with, with what's his name that went over to the Chiefs years ago when he filled them with Tom Brady, and it was like they didn't miss a beat. He was just as good as Tom Brady. They have a good system over there, and they're they're getting the uh, the running backs involved uh, quite a bit more. Um, so uh, I I think he'll be okay, but I'm not expecting Julian Edelman to just be absolutely insane um, to to start the season, uh, especially when you look at their their schedule. Um, Buffalo always, for some reason, plays pretty tough, and that's on the road at Buffalo. Pittsburgh, I think that they'll do fine at Pittsburgh. Uh, Pittsburgh's defense is pretty meh, and then they go to Jacksonville, and then uh, week four they have a bye. I don't know if week five counts. I'm, I'm pretty sure week five will count towards Tom Brady, and that would be at Dallas, which kind of stinks because it's in a dome, and Julian Edelman is really fast. So... But uh, you will be getting Tom Brady back in uh, week six, it, it, it looks like, at Indy. Same thing. Uh, playing on some turf, and that's great. But then after that, you kind of get into the nitty-gritty of the AFC, the Jets. Miami's improved. And, and the Jets, it's always the Jets. you know. But it is at home, so they have a good little home stretch. And then Washington, they're going to just destroy Washington and... The Giants, so pretty good meaty uh, part of the season with Julian Edelman. Um, so you have to like that. I think it's a solid wide receiver core, um, but I do think if I were Joe, I would be looking top end. So if you were kind of like, well, I'll just say for the sake of argument that Joe's going to be in that eighth spot. Um, I don't think that there's going to be a running back that you're going to be going goo-goo for Gaga over. You already have C.J. Anderson, like I said. Um, Eddie Lacy's going to be off the board. Jamal Charles is going to be off the board. Uh, Le'Veon Bell will be off the board. Adrian Peterson is already off the board. Um, you know, maybe a Matt Forte falls um, if somebody goes after a quarterback really early. For you know, for some reason, I got a feeling that some quarterbacks are going to go in the first round. The only wide receivers, or excuse me, the only quarterbacks that I would consider taking in the first round, of course, would be um, Andrew Luck and you know you could. I think you can definitely even put. my goodness, uh, Aaron Rodgers in there as well. You know, I really like both of them. Th- those two aren't affected that much by the scoring differential and passing touchdowns because of the fact that they're also very athletic. They're d- definitely more deceptive. They're they're not run first, but they definitely can run if you need them to. Um, but again, once you're in that eight spot, I don't know if you want if you want to get a big bruiser running back. I you know I think you could find somebody maybe like a Marshawn Lynch might fall. Uh, Gronkowski will not be there. Antonio Brown's on my team; he will not be there. Um, so you know we'll see. I don't think you invest in somebody like a Demarius Thomas. I think you might look if you're going to look wide receiver. Um, I would probably go with somebody like. Des Bryant, um, to be completely honest with you, or a or like a Julio Jones, that's what I would be saying. Um, in in that regard, anyway, if you don't see any running back that's really sticking out to you, I wouldn't even. I'm kind of. I'm really iffy on the on Lashawn McCoy. I think that he'll have a good season, but I don't think it'll be what it was. Uh, they definitely like to. They'll share. They will share the wealth down there in Buffalo, and so I, I don't know. I, I'm kind of shying away from that, but I would say go wide receiver, right there, and then fill out from there. You know, I think later on you can find a completely okay quarterback to to back up, um, and then uh, the tight end. You're going to have a, a pretty decent tight end. 
so you won't have to worry about that until later rounds. You're just kind of filling in at running back, uh, etc. from there. So next up we'll have Elliot, right? The uh, Goad Elliot, uh, Nate Silver Siths. So off his roster, Drew Brees gone, A.J. Green gone, Calvin Johnson gone, Des Bryant gone, Jamal Charles gone. Uh, um, that's about it. Now that's a that's a, essentially that's a receiving core gone. Okay, so he will have to look to definitely replenish there. Uh, he will be his keepers. Jonathan Stewart, I would actually say keep Jonathan Stewart. I think he'll have a fine year if he is fairly healthy and gets, you know, 200 touches. Um, then I, I don't see why he wouldn't be a completely capable running back. Um, first round pick is going to be Rob Gronkowski. I think that's fine. He's a monster, and I traded him. So it's like, meh. Um, so I think Jonathan Stewart definitely keep. Uh, you, that can be that 15-round that, that draft pick. Um, I think that's perfectly okay. Uh, where he doesn't have picks, uh, the fourth-round pick, which was traded to me, and 10th-round pick, which is also traded to me. Um, Uh, Roddy White definitely ought to let him go. Uh, I I think that I do think that Atlanta is going to be vastly improved this year. I don't think Roddy White is going to do Roddy White things anymore. I do I, I do think Atlanta is going to improve though. Uh, but I think you're still going to see a little bit of a drop off from Roddy White, and he's starting to break down a little bit, uh, injuries and and so forth. But you know, he might get you a few good games, but not as a second rounder. You, no way. Uh, Dan Heron, Indiana uh, running back, I'd, I'd let him go. Andre Ellington, yeah, you know, I think that's another. He has him as a, a, fif, a 15th round pick, so he'd be there at the 13 spot. Um, I don't think there's necessarily anything wrong with holding on to him. It's another one of those low-risk you know, high reward deals. The ceiling's very high, um, and people expect good things out of him. Uh, Charles Johnson, out of Minnesota, same thing. Undrafted, picked him up. It, you know, might not hurt to keep him. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater in Minnesota. I think people are kind of expecting Teddy Bridgewater to have a season. They got some. They got some improved weapons in Minnesota, and I think that Teddy Brid- Bridgewater can really sneak up on some people this year. And, and, and Elliot's definitely, I think, going to keep him. And I think that's great. Uh, Robert Turbin, you know, let him go. You don't really need that the handcuff that bad. Of course, you let Matt Bryant go. Now, Seattle defense. Excuse me. Uh, you know, that's definitely an, inter- an interesting uh, pick. They're at... St. Louis or at Green Bay, uh, then Chicago, Detroit, Cincinnati, Carolina, San Francisco. Uh, on paper, you know, they could get burned a little bit, but at the same time, that defense is still that defense. And their offense is, you know, they're not exactly giving the ball away. So they always put their defense in a good position. Uh, you could toy with a fifth round pick keeping him in the fifth round but I really I I think he's gonna let them go I think strictly because he has uh, uh, his fifth round pick is essentially on an island he has no fourth round he has no sixth round but he has two seventh round picks so maybe he'll look to try and pick them up again in the seventh round like he did last year uh, and, and try and really try and hammer something home and, and at that wide receiver spot in the fifth round, which I think he'll be able to do. I, I definitely think Elliott will be able to do that. Um, as far as uh, quarterback, I think Teddy Bridgewater is fine, but you will be looking to try and land somebody a little bit better, depending on his, uh, his draft position. And uh, I, I think that you... 
probably can. I don't think there's anything wrong with having two good, uh, two good, two good quarterbacks. Uh, I, I, I definitely think that there will be. Uh, you'll need to hedge that a little bit more, and then you'll just see how Teddy Bridgewater plays out from there. Um, somebody that I would look to try and get in maybe the second round or third round is. Uh, I would say you could land somebody like, I mean, maybe a Peyton Manning, but I still don't know if I would want to go with Peyton Manning. I mean, Peyton Manning will still do some Peyton Manning things, but he's definitely at that point, like I said, uh, he's willing to sacrifice the numbers to try and get more rings, which is awesome for a Denver fan, but still, uh, you never know. Uh, depending on what happens, if some of the other dual-threat quarterbacks pop up, maybe you want to go. If if you're fortunate enough to have like a Cam Newton show up, I would snatch up Cam Newton in a heartbeat. If you're able to find somebody like a Colin Kaepernick, uh, maybe that's more like third-round material. But if you get in that second round and you can find like a Cam Newton, I don't know. I mean, maybe. It it could be, um, but I think definitely you're going to want to go running back number one with with your first overall pick, and you're just going to want to take the best available running back. I mean, there's nothing seriously wrong with Andre Ellington, but it's still uh, jury's a little bit out. Um, and then Jonathan Stewart is somebody who I think that'll be fine. He really started to to turn it up a little bit, and I think he's going to be. Uh, you know they have a fairly favorable schedule, and uh, I think that he'll be deceptively good uh, this year. And going forward, we'll see how far I get today. Well, we'll see. I'm gonna try and do my best. Third place, um, we had the Fart Apocalypse, which was Robin's team. Let's go ahead and look at who he is with. So Peyton Manning uh, on his roster, uh, gone, only quarterback. So he has no other quarterbacks on his roster. Uh, So uh, Randall Cobb, uh, he has him. He would be a first-round draft pick. He will not be keeping him. Uh, Brandon LaFell, undrafted. I actually would consider keeping Brandon LaFell. He turned into, you know, he had some sparks uh, and kind of worked his way into that third receiver spot sometimes. But um, I don't think there would be anything wrong with keeping him. I think that could be very, very uh, interesting. So DeMarco Murray will be gone. Jeremy Macklin at Kansas City in the fifth round. Uh, I say you let him go, obviously. You don't want him... As a third-round spot, Mark Ingram, I think you keep him as a six-rounder. Uh, only problem is the fact that C.J. Spiller is going to be in New Orleans, and you know, absolutely know, that Drew Brees loves his little scat backs. Just like when he had um, uh, Sproles there. It, uh, I'm pretty sure, was it Sproles? I'm, yeah, I think it was Sproles. I can't remember. Uh, but loves to just dump down. Um, that's the only thing I'm worried about. But Mark Ingram finally had the year that most owners have been hoping for. And I think keeping him in the sixth round is completely okay. And I think that that's really solid for a running back when the the drop-off in running backs is pretty, pretty big. Um, and the fact that you were able to get somebody like Mark Ingram in the sixth round, I think he'll be a little bit more durable, even though that's still a little bit of an issue. He uh, isn't the most finesse of uh, running backs, but um, I still think as a, as a sixth rounder, that's really not even a, an issue for me. Um, and, and the only draft picks that Robin doesn't have is an 11th. And so he's really, really set up well uh, for for this draft as, as far as picks and, and keepers. So um, after Mark Ingram, we have Jimmy Graham, who uh, was a first-round pick, and he will be 
letting him go, which I think is fine. I think that people, I don't want to say like overvalue Jimmy Graham. I think that he's really talented, obviously. Um, he'll be matched up against some pretty tough middle linebackers though, within the within the division, um, but he's still going to get his. And uh, I guess the only problem is that it's not exactly a huge throw-heavy offense. Um, it might change a little bit. The tight end was never a huge focal point at Seattle, but we'll see with Jimmy Graham. I, you know, they're always really good up there about making sure to get their good players involved. Playmakers are playmakers, and they like to get after them. So, um, you know, we'll see what happens with Jimmy Graham. You know, you're losing uh, what was an elite tight end. Uh, I think he'll, I think he'll have a solid season, but um, I think you're not exactly kicking yourself for having to get rid of him. Vincent Jackson out of Tampa Bay was uh, would be a first round pick. You're obviously going to let him go. Jordan Matthews, undrafted. Uh, another one of those guys where it's like it really doesn't hurt to keep them. Um, uh, it, yeah, and that offense—it's one of those few, one of those few offenses. I would say Philadelphia, Indy. Um, oh, what's another offense? Uh, New Orleans was like that for a while, but New Orleans is kind of really falling off. Uh, they've really fell off last year. But you know, those are a few of those offenses where. It really doesn't hurt to snag a player and just play a little Russian roulette and see what you get out of it. Um, so that I, you could probably consider keeping Jordan Matthews with the 15th or 14th round pick. Um, so that's my thought on that. Richard Jennings, I mean, with the Giants, everything, I don't know. It's a, It would only cost you an 11th rounder. Which, of course, you know, isn't that bad. Um, and especially that late in the draft. Being able to get a running back that will definitely get some touches isn't the worst thing, <coughs> excuse me, in the world. Um, but the fact is that uh, you'll have to take him with a 10th round pick. And, it, you know, is he worth it? I, I don't know, maybe. You know, it's always hard. It's always hard to say. Uh, if you like him, no. I mean, if you like him, yeah, keep him. But otherwise, it's you know, whatever. You'll definitely be able to find uh, somebody. But I would, I, I would, I would keep him. That I would keep him, even though they have their crazy offensive line troubles. It's whatever. It's a giant. Some years they're just clicking and they got it going. Uh, Lance Dunbar, undrafted, uh, down there in Dallas. Uh, another guy you won't mind keeping at all. Uh, down there in in, in in Dallas, they have quite possibly the best offensive line in uh, football. Uh, the only problem being the fact that the guy down there is going to be Joseph uh, um, Joseph Randall, and uh, where Lance Dunbar will fall in is probably a little bit more of a handcuff role. So we'll see. Um, but there's nothing wrong with it. the thing is, is that with Dunbar. He has a limited win. I feel like he has a limited window. I know that he's doing well and he looks good, but the thing is that um, I feel like if he's not performing with the way that organization runs, they want they'll they'll stick somebody else in there, and it could be Lance Dunbar. Um, he could be the he could be the handcuff. So not the worst thing ever. Now next up. So I would say, you know, there's nothing wrong with keeping him, essentially. Harry Douglas, uh, out of Tennessee. So the, the thing with Tennessee, uh, well, first off, I, I, I wouldn't keep Harry Douglas. I would let Harry Douglas go. 
the thing with with Tennessee is the fact that you have this huge X factor, new quarterback coming in, and you just you just I, I feel like they're one of those teams where you're waiting for them to click, and uh, I think that you do want to look in those mid to late rounds for some of those Tennessee uh, wide receivers. I don't think Harry Douglas is necessarily one of them, uh, but I definitely think that that's what that makes me think of is that you really don't, you know, don't look over them. You know, if Mariota is the guy, if he is better than people are anticipating him being, I think there could be some fairly, fairly happy um, uh, 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 Tennessee um, uh, wide receiver owners that can kind of surprise a few people. Now, I'm not expecting him to just absolutely just rip up, you know, NFL defenses, but I think he's. I think some receivers will have some nice games. Is essentially what I'm trying to say. So he could probably find a few steals down there. Um, Doriel Green Beckham. You know, somebody that can come in and, and and do some stuff. Kendall Wright, you know, all people that you can really look for in those later rounds. Um, but, no, I, I, I would not keep Harry Douglas. Uh, Pittsburgh kicker, Buffalo defense. Now, Buffalo defense, undrafted. Um, <clears throat> I think that might be a good one to lock up. It's... I think Buffalo is the Buffalo reminds me of the 49ers right before they got Harbaugh. You know that the talent is there. And on paper you look at them and you just think, "My goodness, this is a hell of a defense." In a pretty darn good offense, uh barring a great quarterback. But I don't think there's anything wrong with keeping Buffalo. I would totally keep Buffalo. That I just think that they're due. They're due to just perform at the level that everybody expects them to. So I would keep Buffalo. I think they're fine. I think I think they're great. And so that's uh, the fart apocalypse where they will have to find people. Um, man. Uh, you're going to have to try and get – obviously, if there is a great – not a great, but if there's a really, really, really good running back that can fall to wherever um, they end up picking, definitely got to go running back because there's so much depth, even more depth um, at a – at wide receiver. So what I would be looking for, maybe uh, you might want to look for somebody, maybe like a Marshawn Lynch, maybe an Arian Foster or an Alfred Morris. I like Alfred Morris a lot because he's just absolutely consistent. He's always – my biggest thing is always trying to find somebody who's consistent. Um but those are the only people I would consider taking probably in that first round, uh, to be completely honest. Otherwise, you might be able to just, you know snatch a few people uh, a little bit later. Like I was saying, Joseph Randall, um, if, if 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 he's going you know undrafted till the second or third round, go ahead and, and pick him up. Um, but you're probably going to be looking at something like an Alfred Morris. I mean, if you want to roll the dice on DeMarco Murray up in Philly, I mean, by all means. I'm not too high on him, though. Other people might be, but you never know. Um, so we'll see. I mean, you could see somebody like LaShawn McCoy pop up, and I think that'd be fine to pick up. Um, you're going to have those fringe the, those fringe guys outside of that elite level, I think, um, uh, will influence who you're going to be getting outside of that. If you're going to get a wide receiver, you just have to go with the biggest one. The one wide receiver that I wouldn't go after people that are looking at the first round, um, is Megatron. Uh, 
I know some people might be thinking I'm just absolutely insane, um, but I do think I don't know the he's an absolutely amazing talent, uh, but the injuries I am starting to get a little bit worried about. He has a lot of mileage and has taken a lot of hits, um, but I would probably consider even somebody. <sighs> Depending on where you go, if you wrap around, if you have a wrap around draft, um, and you can go running back, wide receiver, and you can get somebody like I don't know Alfred Morris at like the ten, and then you come back again and can get somebody like a Julio Jones or a Calvin Johnson. I think that's a huge victory. Um, the other person you might consider maybe in the second round is maybe if they're there like a Jordy Nelson or Randall Cobb or somebody from the Green Bay offense. Oh, Green Bay is the other offense where it's kind of like you can't really strike out too much because of the fact that they have so many so many weapons. Um, but there's some good options. I think there will be some, some, definite, some definite plus side um, with getting the later picks, which I got a feeling that's probably where... Robin will end up is down there kind of with, with Joe um, towards the bottom. Almost had an hour. Uh, I'll go ahead and I'll just do the playoff teams uh, for, for today and I'll just end with myself and then um, just go from there. So me, Andrew Luck, he's gone. Um, Antonio Brown I will be keeping as a third rounder, he was a fifth round pick, and um, I'm happy with that. And as far as I'm considered or, or concerned, he's the best wide receiver in the draft, so I'm not upset about that. Uh, Malcolm Floyd, I'll let him go. Uh, Julio Jones, he has to go. He was a, a first round pick. Um, Fred Jackson, I'll probably let Fred Jackson go. As much as I love him, he's always been good for eight or nine points, which is a big thing with me is just consistency. And I just kind of feel like I've been rolling the dice with him for too many years. And as much as I love him, I think I'm finally going to have to let him go. Um, but he was a solid, solid running back. I don't know what else to say. Excuse me. So Justin Forsett, undrafted. I'm definitely going to be keeping Justin Forsett. He's, I think he's going to have another great year. Um, I don't think he'll pop up and be like a top five or maybe top ten guy, but he'll be floating around there. Um, it took him a little, little bit longer to get the ball rolling because of the Ray Wise situation, and he was mixing with Pierce for a little bit last year, and it kind of bogged down the carries and the touches. And I was kind of floating between the two of them. I think I actually had them both on my roster at one point last year because I figured one of them had to figure it out. Uh, eventually, I just let Pierce go, and um, I actually almost didn't keep Forsett. Uh, but Forsett was a guy that I liked, and I'm glad that I did keep him because of the fact that he was sitting behind Marshawn Lynch for years and years and years, basically as fresh legs. And once he finally got his touches... Uh, he really produced and never looked back, and so I think that he'll be a fine pick um, and at that 15 spot. So Kobe Fleener, um, I think I'll keep him as a 10th round pick. You know why the heck not? Um, it's 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 indie, and and he could do some things. You know, and I think everybody's kind of. Like, you know, poop or get off the pot uh, type of deal. Uh, so we'll see really what he'll be able to bring to the table this year. Uh, I, I think that he really needs to perform well uh, early or they might look somewhere else. So Giovanni, Giovanni Bernard uh, would be a third-round pick. I actually... Don't think I will be keeping him. Uh, I think what I'm going to do is uh, be targeting and set in the third round since I don't have a second round pick. Um, I'm going to be going, uh, like I said before, I'm hoping to get that first first overall pick in the first round, go running back overall. That way when it comes back to the second round, 
I don't have a second round pick, but I'll get that first third round pick, and I can probably go with uh, a, a wide receiver is what I'll be looking for because I'll have um, uh, Justin Forsett and whatever running back I get. If I get the number one overall, it's basically, for me, it's between Eddie Lacy and uh, Jamal Charles, and, and it's kind of hard to go away from Jamal Charles uh, because I also have, and I'll talk about him just in a minute, Niall Davis. Uh, it'd be nice to have that security handcuff. Uh, so I think I might lean towards Jamal Charles, but we'll see. It's between him and Eddie Lacy if I get that number one spot. Um, so then that would solidify at least my starting running backs with Forsett and uh, one of those two guys. And then in the third round, I'll be looking wide receiver. And uh, we'll see what happens with the f- with the with the first pick in the third round. You know there could be a good amount of of of, of, of talent that's available. Um, you know I, I don't think I could go with like an Andre Johnson or, or somebody like that. Um, but we'll see. You know uh, you could look. I, I think we'll see. We'll see. I'll, I'll see whoever's available. You know, Kelvin Benjamin isn't there. He's on my brother's team. Uh, I believe T.Y. Hilton is on another. We'll, we'll see what happens. Um, but I'm definitely going to be looking to fill out that wide receiver spot with Antonio Brown. Um, quarterback, I think I'll be able to find a quarterback a little bit later. So, uh, where was I? Uh, oh, Eric Decker, I will not keep him in the eighth round. Niall Davis, I will be keeping Niall Davis. I'll be using one of my 14-round picks uh, on him. Uh, Trent Richardson, will not be having Trent Richardson on my team. Brandon Oliver, I don't believe that I will be having Brandon Oliver on my team, even though I like him uh, uh, very much. Uh, Philip Rivers, I will be keeping. Uh, I, it's weird. He keeps getting older, but everybody else around him is getting younger and better. His offensive line is actually really, really solid. Antonio Gates keeps dipping into that 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 fountain of youth and is still producing. And Philip Rivers can just sling the ball uh, anywhere. He was like a top 20 uh, fantasy player last year. only reason why I didn't really use him, I actually did use him in certain situations over Andrew Luck, and it worked out for me. Um, but he was a great backup quarterback to have, and he's going to be a backup quarterback again to whoever I get. Um, but he's just solid. Um, and then uh, Philly kicker, Tennessee, I'll, I'll let them go. Um, but that's where I'm looking. I'm probably, I'm definitely gonna be going running back, fill out running back early. Then I won't have to worry about that. I'll pick up somebody late, uh, you know, whoever that may be. Um, and then I'm gonna be looking for wide receiver, uh, wide receiver, or quarterback. See whoever's still there, um, and and just go from there. Uh, so yeah, we're at an hour. I did the first four teams. Uh, those are my. Let's see. Those are my my keepers. Uh, those are who I think people should target. I know it's a lot of it's pretty obvious. Uh, a lot of it is running back or wide receiver. But there's a few teams that are just going to be looking to get a great quarterback. Some of those uh, late first round people. Um, and uh, I talked a little bit what where I want to draft. Some of these teams are in really good shape. Like I was saying, me. I feel like it's going to really help my draft if I can get that one or two position. Uh, I think I'll be I think I'll be fine because uh, I'm really trying to get myself in the best position for the third round, uh, and that's what I'm hoping for. Uh, as far as Elliott's team, you know, just to recap again, no Drew Brees next year. He will have Teddy Bridgewater, Bridgewater, depending on how he's feeling on him. He can try and get a early quarterback, but I have a feeling that he's probably going to be going wide receiver and then running back. I think that he'll be a little bit later. 
if there is, like I said before, if there's somebody who he really likes at running back, I think that I think that the wise decision would be to go running back because there are a lot of great wide receivers. But I wouldn't be surprised. He could just go wide receiver, wide receiver, and just be like, well, I got Jonathan Stewart. I think he'll get me, you know, 800, 900 yards rushing, whatever. And uh, I have Andre Ellington. I think he'll have a pretty good year. It very well could just be he'll just round out those wide receiver spots and then plug in whoever he can later on in the draft at running back. You never know uh, based on the needs. So there you go. Uh, I think uh, I'll do another podcast tomorrow. I want to keep these to I'm, I'm a little bit over. I want an hour. Thanks for uh, sticking with me. So these are the, the, the top four teams uh, from from last year. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed it. If you want, uh, find me on Twitter. I don't have like an email or anything set up for those Livingston brothers. But uh, hit me up at Peter Livingston on Twitter and uh, let me know what else you want me to cover for our league this year. Uh, any other insights? I'll probably get more... Uh, a little bit more in depth. I know once I finish covering all the the teams, I'm definitely going to go into where I view individual players. I already have a, a brief idea of of where I like people. I kind of talked about quarterbacks a little bit today and why I like certain people. How I kind of feel like Aaron Rodgers and Andrew Luck are going to be those top two guys. I like Matt Ryan this year. I think he's going to bounce back and be great. But I have I have people like Cam Newton and Russell Wilson are floating around. Uh, my my top five quarterbacks for our league. That's my my personal opinion. So um, we'll keep this going forward. I'll do the next four people, which um, tomorrow I think it'll be. If I look at let's see, if I look at last year's standings, we did one, two, three, and four. So we'll be doing. Uh, Maddie out there in England will be doing you. So we'll be doing MCR Silly Nannies, Far From Retiring, The Teabaggers, and then Team Hufflepuff. All right, so those will be my next four. We'll see if I I can get more in, I'll do it. Um, But it looks like at this kind of pacing, uh, it'll be able to do about four per per podcast. And again, I won't have to do the intro for the league. All right, I'll just reference it at the beginning of each one. If you want to hear a little bit about our league, go back to this episode. But uh, thank you. Subscribe to the podcast, Los Livingston Brothers. We're on iTunes. Uh, hit me up on Twitter at Peter Livingston. We have a we have a Twitter account for Los Livingston Brothers. We just never use it. Uh, but uh, if you want, you can follow us on there too. My brother at Tim Livingston. I think. I'm not sure. I don't know. I'll get it for you next time. But uh, this is just the start of what will be a very fun season. All right, guys. Later. Hey, if you want to keep following Los Livingston Brothers, you can see us on Facebook. Just go to the Los Livingston Brothers fan page. Give us a like, leave comments, all that good stuff. And on iTunes, make sure to subscribe and also give us a nice, pretty-looking review and throw five stars up on us because we are like a Rob Van Dam frog splash because it's the five-star frog splash. Uh, On top of that, if you don't use iTunes to listen to your podcast, you can also go to LosLivingstonBrothers.com, click on the Radio Shows tab, and you'll be able to listen to all the shows dating back to our very first show at KCY in 2011 man that was that's a long time ago i'm old